0: This is the Barney's Podcast, the show that celebrates fashion, style, culture, and most of all, personality. I'm Daniela Vitali, the CEO of Barney's. We've been hard at work on the third season of the podcast. The season launches in June, and I can't wait for you to hear what we've been working on. But for now, I'm thrilled to bring you this very special episode with Martha Stewart. Does Martha need an introduction? Sometimes it seems like she's everywhere. Decorating cakes on the cover of Martha Stewart Living, cracking jokes on her VH1 show with Snoop Dogg, and launching a new line of CBD dog treats. She's been a true tastemaker for decades. Oh, I was an influencer. I was a major influencer. And I knew it. I bought one of her first cookbooks back in the 90s and obsessively watched her cooking shows while I was pregnant with my twin boys. She's been on Law & Order, A Judge on Chopped, has 94 lifestyle books. Seriously, 94 books. A true canon of American entertaining. The point is, she's a brand. And today, I'm very excited to talk to her right here at Barney's to celebrate the new limited edition Martha Stewart Burger, a turkey burger that's served at Fred's now through May 19th. Martha became an icon by being a famously early riser. She sleeps in a room with no alarm clock and no shades. I've never slept in a dark room. In fact, I sometimes sleep with the
1: light on just in case I. In case you need to I do the crossword up, puzzle right, in the middle of that, exactly. Or email <laughs> a friend emailed me yesterday at four o five. She gets up very early too. She lives in Pennsylvania, and uh, I just emailed her right back.
0: But you must sacrifice something. Is there anything that you feel like you don't dedica- dedicate enough time to in your yeah, life? Yeah,
1: love, marriage more children, uh, <laughs> cooking, Those are big. cooking Those. for a husband at night. I mean, can you imagine? Oh my gosh, my life would be so different. But uh, no, I've been divorced for quite a long time. And, and I, I basically live alone on a great big farm right, with all my animals. And, um, and it's very pleasant. Um, I come home from work and it's quiet. It's beautiful outside, and uh, the fresh air is very invigorating compared to. So you I, don't
0: need the husband to cook for it, now? No, then. I
1: have plenty of friends. I don't. I don't need the husband.
0: But talk to me about your, you know, having this incredible career and having a child at a very young age and building your business while your daughter was small.
1: Well, I got married when I was young, 19, and uh, in those it's, that's an early age, even for, even for now. And uh, I had my daughter, Alexis, uh, and when I was 22, I think it was. Yeah. I was a stockbroker at that time. I was working on Wall Street and had a really interesting career as an institutional salesman, we were called. So I learned a lot about companies. I learned a lot about uh, what made a good company. We prided ourselves on really good research. Um, we were early in many many companies in those days. This is pre this is pre high tech.
0: I know, which is uh, so incredible. The, the
1: exciting stocks when I was when I first started were companies like uh, an odd startup called McDonald's. <laughs> There was another company called Electronic Data Systems that was like the highest tech that we were into, and that was really leasing uh, the big frame computers. So we were—it was before the Googles, before the the Facebooks, before the Amazons, and that was all very recent. So um, so I got interested in learning about companies and learning about what made them tick, what made them grow, what made them popular, what made them good investments. And uh, and when I left Wall Street, I uh, was immediately terribly bored, can, you can imagine. <laughs> so I started, and I always loved to cook and I loved to entertain, so I thought, what's missing up in Westport, Connecticut? Um, and uh, there were no really good caterers, nobody really um, providing that kind of service. service. And I was a service person, having been a stockbroker. You're servicing people and their money. And, uh, and I thought, well, I can service people and their appetites. Right. <laughs> so, uh, And it was the same kind of people. You and know. You're all,
0: it was all self-taught.
1: Oh, Yes. Yeah, all self-taught. Um, but I, but I was a student. I was, uh, I had cooked every single recipe Julia Child ever wrote, and I had a lot of fun doing that and learning how to bake my own bread and make my own croissant. And, and I did that for my catering business because there were no bakeries of course, then. at the time. Right. I mean, in that time, this is in the 70s, 80s. There were no. Can you imagine no bakeries that making croissant?
0: No, because they were the, eating like ringdings yeah, at
1: that time. Uh, so, um, so I, I, did that. I started the catering business, which really taught me an awful lot. Uh, it taught me about how to build a restaurant every single night and uh, close it every single night. Right. Uh, it was a and very, a, a very, very exhausting business. But I had very good clients. I had I came to New York often to cater parties because I was the, the young woman from Connecticut who did unusual things. I brought chickens to the armory for the right. antique show, chickens in big, beautiful cages, live chickens, and they crowed during the oh antique gosh. show. People loved
0: that. Who and was your first big client that you thought, my God, I've made it? Paul I'm really... Newman.
1: Paul Newman. Oh, that's yes. a good one. And he liked Moroccan food, and you food. could visit him in
0: Westport. Yeah,
1: I did it at his house, and he loved Moroccan food. And I made Bastilla for him, and I made uh, tagines, and he was he was really nice. And I and then I he asked me to work on his salad dressings. So, yeah, so we had a great time, and um, and I was crazy because I mean I just. He was just like a man,
0: you know, and one, one you didn't morning... didn't care that he was Paul
1: Newman. One morning I woke up and said, you know what, you're talking to Paul Newman every single day. What
0: the hell? It's the same that way that is. I feel that I'm talking to Martha Stewart, oh, so I, no. know it. I know the feeling. You know what it's like.
1: But um, so we had a very... Uh, so it was a very interesting career. But the turning point was um, I awoke one morning and said, you know, if Alexis ever has kids... They're going to ask, what did grandma do? <laughs> and they're going to not understand what, why she only catered. And not that it's a bad occupation. I mean, it's amazing for some, you know, like glorious food. And they made their fame and fortune. But, but what about it? What, what was they going to do? So I, I said, I have to write a book. I have to put all this down in a book, and I did. I wrote a book called Entertaining in 1982, and that changed uh, my life. And, uh, And it really changed the lives of many, many people who bought the books. Several million people have purchased that book and enjoyed those recipes and enjoyed the story about how everybody really can... It's sort of a lifestyle kind of right. business, and uh, and I really think I am one of the founders of a
0: shift in a, yeah right. I mean, a cultural a, a, shift into a more lifestyle oriented.
1: More... And we're not just housewives; we're just we're really homemakers. And I, I coined the name Homemaker. And I coined the name, uh, instead of housework, it's homemaking. I even have a book called Homemaking, The Homemaking Handbook, which is a very fabulous book. on telling you how to do everything in your home, uh, which will so- shortly, I hope, be transferred into a piece of good software for all of us. So it's Stay a, that,
0: on the technology piece for yeah. me for a so, second. And please. I got
1: interested in, I was an early adopter of the computer, I bought my first computer in 1982, which was early. Who who would have thought back then? But I remember buying it just down Madison Avenue here at the IBM store. There was a oh store. Oh my God! There was a
0: store, IBM store. IBM I don't even remember store that. in the
1: IBM building right on 57th right. Street. And I walked in one day and I said, "Tell me what I need. What do I need?" I told them I was a caterer and I had bookkeeping to do and I had research to do. And they said, that, "You know, they showed me which computer I should get." So I got it. And they sold you a great big Formica table that went with it. It sat into a little. Mm-hmm. Hole and the
0: big, big tower sat on the ground underneath your feet, and. Uh, but you've become such a phenomenon. You became a phenomenon without all of the technology. So I was. I was. How did you manage all of that? Copying my
1: contracts on carbon paper. <laughs> I mean, there was carbon paper. I told I you let people. let the carbon
0: paper get on your fingers? Of course.
1: Oh. I I, I ask people, do, do you know what carbon paper is? They don't know what carbon paper is. The young people who come for jobs now, they don't have a clue what carbon paper is. And all the other kinds. Of, and, and, you know, it's it's just an amazing thing. What's happened in a, 30 years. And that's not a lot In my life, 30 years is nothing. It's a nanosecond. So much has happened. And we have no idea that we had no idea back then. I mean, I used to get 100, 110 phone calls a day. Now... Maybe I get five or seven, right. and it's all. Emails. Do you mind
0: that? Do you miss talking on the phone? Oh, of course!
1: One? I love talking on the phone. I talk on the phone all the time. I, I now just use my iPhone on speaker, and everybody hears my conversations. I don't care, <laughs> but
0: but I, I can't hold it to my point, head. You don't need to care. I know. <laughs> Before the influ talking about coining a, a term or a name, did you ever think of yourself really as an influencer?
1: Um, oh, I was an influencer. I was a major influencer, and I knew it. I mean, I did know so it. So You because, knew it early on, yeah, you know, because when my publisher first said oh we'll print probably 10,000 copies of entertaining that'll be a good book I said, are you kidding? I know 25,000 people that need this book. <laughs> and so they printed 25,000 copies and immediately went back to printing and printing and printing. It's, it's way up in the 30th or 40th printing. I don't know what it is now. But but it's it's still on print, and, um, and I'm very proud of the fact. But we've done 94 books since I then. I know, I know. That's a but lot nothing, of books. But
0: nothing yet about you, not an autobiography. No, I'm
1: working on that. I've been working on that for quite a while.
0: Freely. It's going to be very
1: controversial.
0: That's okay. uh, We love
1: it. But and so I have to get my nerve up. My I have I have a lot of nerve, but I have to really get it up. But that's
0: also what's helped you. I mean, you really are, you know, a phenomenon in the sense that as a woman, you know, you also built your career during a period where there were no, very few female CEOs, very few, particularly in the media business. Think about it. It was Still a male-dominated, right? Well, when I presented
1: my magazine to Time, I had presented it to Syne Newhouse. Uh, he he let me do a prototype and then he passed on it because I didn't. I wanted the name to be Martha Stewart Living, and he didn't like that. He wanted it to be Conde Nast now Living, was. which he then started in Australia. He started the first Conde Nast Living, and um, and I. But he was very pleasant, and we we remained friends until he died. And then we um, then I went to Rupert Murdoch, and um, wow, wow, it's true. That electricity in their room when I when I was in there with his um, chief operating officer and his CFO and he walked in the room it was electric he was <laughs> no he was like that he was like a powerful power uh, he is a powerful powerful man but um, and I've always liked him although um, you know his his uh, his career has been quite controversial um, so he said he would have loved to do it but he was already starting to. Close his magazines. His magazines yes. and doing more. And doing other more lively media like right. television and uh, cable and all the other things that he started. And uh, so so I went to Time. Which and were a trailblazer It was all, in it was all men at Time. I didn't even meet any, re- any women editors. There were, must have been some, but I don't remember meeting them early on.
0: So I wanted to read a quote. I read the Joan Didion article from The New Yorker, and I cannot believe that that was written 19 years ago. She said, the dreams and fears into which Martha Stewart taps are not of feminine domesticity, but of female power. The woman who sits down at the table with the men still has on her apron, but walks away with the chips. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? It could have been written yesterday. I mean, it's so incredible. And to me, that says so much about you. And I thought this sort of said it all about how you navigated the world of an industry that was dominated by men and to me, that kind of really summed up that when people were saying that you were about you know, only homemaking or being domestic, you were exuding power and intelligence and taking control of your life and so many other things that I think it took almost time for people to realize just how you embodied what you know, a woman wants for herself and for her career, more importantly. Well, I was always like that. I mean, I was brought up in a house, uh, equal, equal
1: men to women, three brothers, uh, two sisters, mother so we were three, were three and three, mother, father. Uh, we had lots of discussions. We were all uh, divided on certain things and, and aligned on certain things. But we always were encouraged to speak our mind. We were always encouraged to do what we wanted to do. Uh, nobody was really telling us that we had to do this or had to do that. Dad's best words were, you can do anything. And that's the nicest thing a parent can say to a child. Uh, you can do anything. You're smart enough.
0: You can I have do twin sixteen-year-olds, though so I can't tell them they can do anything because it really is getting ugly. <laughs> oh, oh.
1: Well, I know boys or girls. Boys, twin uh-oh. boys. <laughs> well, I was very responsible, uh, and I, I really was um, a hard worker from from early on. So, um, so it was nice to have that kind of support from your parents. And we just, and I just really, I, I, I didn't set out to be who I was, who I've become, but um, but I was always working towards a goal. I always had a goal. And, uh, and I didn't always know what that goal was, but I knew there was uh, good work to be done. And I'm not afraid of hard work. That's the... Clearly. Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the other thing. I still work seven days a week,
0: so... And do you still enjoy it as much as you did when you started?
1: Uh, yeah, certain aspects. Not everything. Not every single meeting is a, an enjoyable meeting. But uh, but I do enjoy the the overall uh, results, and I do enjoy uh, what, I, what I do. I'm creative. I can write. I love my writing. I, I still write
0: every column that has my name on it. And you've also become a comedian. Oh, um, uh, yes. <laughs> I have to admit that when I was pregnant, actually— I watched one of your shows. I don't remember what channel it was on, forgive me. But um, it was in 2001, and it was very soothing to me. So you actually helped me um, birth very healthy twin I get a lot, I got were a lot of letters like that. I couldn't eat, so I watched your show. <laughs> anyway, but now I'm addicted to the uh, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart potluck dinner party, which I have been watching since season one that show is um,
1: a light motif in my life right now and it's and great working with somebody like a snoop Dogg, uh, who would have thunk it you know and uh, he just uh, i just read somewhere that he said that um does martha smoke pot and he says oh no she doesn't and they asked why and she he said she's scared well i have to take him <laughs> up on that because i'm not scared snoop Dogg. i just want you to know we have to talk why um, it's uh, I don't I don't like but, to smoke. I right. don't like to inhale. Don't blame you,
0: but it's it works. And is that has that sense of humor always been there? And has that helped you? Oh, you know, I think so. I and think so. and helped you lead a company. I always use humor in terms of being a CEO. I always feel that I need humor and I need to lead with humor or else. I'm not sure I could be a, an effective person. I think laughing company. is
1: good. I think laughing at yourself is good, and I think laughing with others is good. Um, and then we used to do it more. So when I go to California to film those shows, it's such a—it's re- kind of a relief. And you just act, you can be silly, you can be,
0: you know, crazy, a little bit well, crazy. Well, your guests that come on are oh, just wow. incredible. Wow
1: so, is right. Right. Even Matthew McConaughey. I, I mean, know. He was really good. He was excellent. And, you know, I always thought he was like a sort of dour. And then he is so funny and so attractive, by the way. Oh, I don't. Yeah, in real life he's more attractive <laughs> than in the movies. Oh, yeah. Everybody we've had on the show is a talented human being. Do you
0: like doing TV? Do oh, yeah. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I like it a lot. And it depends on, of course, which, which shows. But I like doing all the night shows with Jimmy Fallon and uh, and Stephen Colbert. I love those guys. I miss David Letterman so much. David, where are
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit more about when we can expect the autobiography? Or? Oh, it's going to be at least two years. years. Yeah, at least two. And is it cathartic? I mean, I know, I know everyone asks no, that it, question. No, it's, it's it, nerve wracking.
1: It, it is. Yeah, there's a lot of material. And but you've
0: also written 94 books. I know, but
1: the, but this one, this one's the big, big, big one, and um and and it's personal. And so I don't like to spend a lot of time thinking about myself. I never have. Uh, I always want what to think you about busy? other things. Yeah, well, you're busy, and you're also. It's not. I'm not. I'm not self-centered like that. I don't. I don't like being like that. The grandchildren. They're se- uh, seven and eight now. I had no idea how much attention they would take, or take of mo- of me. Right. Uh, I'm not allowed to shower them with too much attention. But, right. <laughs> but, uh, but I love them, and I love to think about them. And what can I do? And what? How can they oh, grow up to be? Uh, you know, valuable human beings. So, it's, uh, those are the kinds of things that uh, sort of distract me from that, that book.
0: When do you find time to write? I write do in the just, morning. You do? Yeah, and I can also write very well in the car. In the car? I, was I write say. on my
1: iPad or on my iPhone. I write all my columns on my iPhone.
0: So, we're really excited to celebrate tonight the grilling book. Um, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to kick off my summer with your new book. Um, I was
1: thrilled to do the, the design of one of Barney's. Oh my, so uh, great celebrity or designer hamburgers and uh, although this does not have ham in it it is ground That's turkey and i got the idea uh, do you want to, do you want to know yes yes we want to hear all about the because um, i
0: haven't had it yet so i like I had, a I like a build up to the big reveal tonight i had like 14 tonight.
1: really big turkeys last year and in my <laughs> of in, course my, you in did. my poultry yard <laughs> and they had to go i mean they just had to go and i found the the right place to take them and they um, they returned with this monstrous amount of giant tur- tur- turkeys. They were some of them were thirty five pounds, oh, and they were all too tough to really roast. So I took them down to my local butcher, and he was so kind to grind the white meat separately from the dark meat. And um and he ground up all this meat and I think I had I ended up with like sixty-five or seventy pounds of white meat of turkey ground <laughs> and about forty five pounds of dark meat of turkey. And so I started to think, what can I make out of these things? And it the best thing was the was the um, I made a meatloaf with mm. red pepper relish in it. Mm,
0: delicious. And
1: a turkey meatloaf. It was so good. And then, so this this would make great burgers. So we designed this designer burger um, a couple, I guess, about a year and a half ago, right? And um, and it was in the magazine. It was very popular. And we redesigned it for Barney's and Mike Mark Straussman, who is an old friend, by the way. Uh, we've added kale on the topping and more red pepper relish and uh, a beautiful um, a and bun. And your Pinot Noir. Oh, and yes. it's a and really your
0: tray is beautiful. Of course, it great? it's perfect. Yeah,
1: the tray is beautiful. A galvanized tray with a liner of, of a picture of my farm. So, uh, so it all fits. And, and Barney's is, um, is such a nice place to dine. We're
0: so excited to be able to celebrate. So I have a question for you. The, my big dream when I retire is to open a flower shop. Um, Mine too. I think you've done. I think you've done. I don't need no, any competition, for a I want to shop. I want to shop. No. Desperately, I but want I don't like <laughs> to get my hands dirty, so that's one thing that might slow me down on the flower shop. you have my flower book? I don't know. Well, that's I mean, I,
1: we're going to take care of that. A <laughs> you must have my flower book. I'm going to send it to you tomorrow. I have a big a new edition of my flower Martha's Flowers. Oh, good. And it's all about growing and. and so,
0: what would you recommend in terms of someone starting a, a second act, uh, if you will, or a second career?
1: Well, um, I, I write a good business plan for yourself. It doesn't have to be a you know a, a, a business plan that you're going to hand out to anybody. If you're going to start a flower shop. What's your object? Are you do you wanna just sell flowers or do you wanna do parties? Do you wanna do I think arrangements for I
0: think all of it. You know? I think okay, all so write it, it all down.
1: It really, really write it down. Where do you wanna do this? You have to ask yourself all of the these questions. questions. Who do you want to work with? You can't do it yourself. Not in this day and age. You really need help. But um so you have to and you know, where is it gonna be Just go at it slowly enough, and and with a good plan, and and you can make a success. It has to be a good idea too.
0: So you've been so good at being ahead of sort of so many trends, and being on the forefront of really so many things culturally, stylistically, all of it. What's what do you feel is next? What do you feel you want to, you know, work on or delve into? Well,
1: every day I'm I'm faced with uh, problems in in so much information we have gathered so much information how can i disseminate that information in a valuable way to the largest number of people and it all comes back to a piece of software Um, and i wanted i want to really design the organizer for the homemaker um, a daily organizer that that has everything in it for you. I won't get into all the gory details, but it's a massive, massive, s- and simple program for every homemaker because we're all faced with the same kind of conundrums, all with the same kind of uh, challenges every single day. And uh, and this will solve our problems. It won't. Uh, it'll. Are you
0: working with a developer? You're really trying well, to do I'm, it.
1: I, no, I'm doing the outline myself. Yourself. And then, of course, I'll, I'll need. I, I, I can.
0: You'll I, might, you probably I envision, have a few contacts. I envision
1: a large, like a gymnasium filled with software engineers working on every <laughs> aspect of this. Cause it I think very, you could
0: very easily <laughs> command that. We'll find you the gym, and I'm sure you could fill it. Thank you. <laughs>
1: I'd like to do that, and I have to learn coding myself. I have not learned coding, and I have to do that. I think I'll go to Carly Close's coding, coding class. Coding class,
0: yeah. Code with Carly. <laughs> I think she would be very appreciative to have Martha Stewart in her class. But that's pretty amazing. Anyway, thank you so much. This You're has welcome. been quite amazing and a true honor for me. You have been an incredible inspiration from a career, leadership, CEO standpoint, and being just an incredible woman in a in a tough business, I hope you come back. I will, and uh, thank you. Thank you, Martha. Martha Stewart's most recent book, Martha Stewart Grilling, is available at Barney's. The Barney's Podcast is produced by Barney's and Transmitter Media. We had help on this episode from Monique Laborde and Jessica Glazer. If you like what you hear rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. And stay tuned for season three out in June. Thanks for listening. Now I'm addicted to the uh, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart potluck dinner party, which I have been watching since season
1: one. Uh, I just read somewhere that he said that Um, does Martha smoke pot and he says oh no she doesn't and they ask why and he said she's scared. Well I have to take him (laughs) up on that because I am not scared Snoop Dogg. I just want you to know we have to talk.